All right, well, welcome to Real Live Talk. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. And for this episode, I sat down with my wife, Denise Lamastra. Denise is one of the pastors at Legacy Church International. She's an author, a church planter, and uh, she's a prophetic voice and uh, just uh, an amazing woman of God, somebody that I've looked up to since literally the first day that I've met her. Uh, my life's been impacted by her in more ways than I could possibly mention right here in this intro. But uh, I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation. We talked about her uh, new book, The Intimacy of Worship, which is available for purchase on Amazon in both ebook and paperback. Highly recommend the book. It's a really just practical guide to understanding intimacy with God. Denise has this passion and really this just sort of, it seems like an innate ability to take concepts that are generally talked about in a really overcomplicated way. And she knows how to just sort of boil those concepts and those thoughts and ideas down into things that are just really simple and easy to understand and practical so that you can apply it to your life. And she does that so beautifully in this book with devotion to God, intimacy with God. So here we talk through some of the concepts in that book. We talk a lot about devotion to God. And Denise gets into her past experiences, some things that she went through um, as she was growing up as an adolescent, as a teenager, and how worship really became her safety zone, her hiding place with God and how God brought change and transformation to her life, even going through dealing with issues of depression and suicidal thoughts and uh, getting kicked out of school and just things like that. So thank you guys so much for being here. Now let's go ahead and just uh, jump into this conversation with Pastor Denise Lamastra. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, we're live. Hello, yes. Denise Lamastra. Hi. <laughs> how are you? Hello, Duke Lamastra. <laughs> Is that the, the response I'm supposed to have? Hi, am I? I'm, I'm okay. Oh, this coffee is hot. The coffee's hot. Yeah, yes. it's very fresh. Very fresh. Fresh brewed. brewed, brewed. <laughs> Thank you, you. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, well, hey, everybody, this is Real Life Talk. This is it's episode number five. And I am so privileged and honored and feeling amazingly blessed to be here with my wife, Denise Lamastra. <laughs> today, Pastor Denise Lamastra. <laughs> <laughs> today, just today. <laughs> and uh, if this is the first time that you're checking out Real Live Talk, thanks so much for taking the time to be here and to catch this episode, whether you're live or watching and or listening at a later time. Um, anyway, thanks so much for being here. Uh, just so that you know that this episode and all past episodes you can catch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google many other places wherever you can uh, typically find podcasts. You Amy can find this. Podcast. I would appreciate you subscribing uh, sharing, commenting, if you can do that. Well, on Apple, you can definitely leave a review. That would help me out a lot. Anything that you want to do. In other words, if you find any value in this today, if it blesses you in any way, then uh, if you would uh, just like a way to support the channel, you can do that by any of those ways that I just mentioned. So. Oh, you will be blessed today. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure of that. All right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Denise, thanks so much for being here. Hey, I know you didn't have to travel far to get here. But, I know, you know, I traveled the world to get here, to get to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of did. Yeah, just no, not to, just no, not I mean, I mean we've, we've come a, a long way from, like, New York State to Mobile, Alabama. So it's been a fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty amazing. Um, well... Uh, did I already mention that you're my wife? I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> if, if I think you did. Just in case yes, you don't know, uh, Denise is my wife. 
Yes. And uh, Denise, why don't you just take a minute and um, just tell um, not so much me, but everybody else <laughs> a little bit about you, just in case there's somebody watching this or in listening to this that doesn't know, know who you are. So who okay. are you? What do you do? All right. So um, I am originally from Mexico. So they, if you catch a little accent in my 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 boys, that that is the reason why my first language is Spanish, Espanol. So I am originally from Mexico, uh, born and raised, and I moved to the United States to go to school, where I met my wonderful husband, Duke. <laughs> um, and I, I I graduated from school, and then we moved to back to Mexico, where we served together in church at church. Yeah. And we started our fun adventure, our life, and our first child was born in Mexico. Um, what do I do? Who I am? Well, I am a mother, first of all, uh, to two wonderful, handsome boys, Elijah and Josiah. And I am a photographer. I'm a writer. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I live to know him. His name is Jesus, <laughs> just in case anybody was wondering. And to make him known. Um, he is my first and foremost passion. And I love to help people find practical ways to draw closer to God. Um, I don't like stuffy religion. Um, it, like, works on my nerves. Uh, mostly because I feel like it draws people away from God. And we have been commanded to know him and make him known. And there's countless times in, in the Bible, uh, and I don't want to sound preachy, but there's countless, countless times where we are invited to come into communion with him, to come to know yeah. him. And I, my heart, uh, you know, is very passionate about that, to help people draw closer to his heart, that you know him for yourself, that you experience him for yourself, that you know who he is, first name basis, not arm's length distance, but heart to heart and as close as, as the air you breathe. That's, uh, that's who I am. That's what I've been made for. Um, I dabble a little bit in worship, uh, worship leading for a little while. I still worship lead in my my house, <laughs> in my home, in my <laughs> in heart. Your house. <laughs> in my heart, we're um, all worship leaders in our hearts. Uh, yes, yeah, that's no. good. I like um, that. So I love singing. I love music. So if I randomly burst out in song, that's just something that I do. And oh, like that might happen today. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. I'm excited. And now. just uh, um, yeah. Sometimes I apologize. I mix up the the lyrics of songs just because my brain runs at two speeds english and spanish all the time so yep it's fun it's is fun, either fun, one fun. of those faster than the other um i think spanish is definitely like a thousand miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> it's always it's always going um and then english is sometimes like slow definitely especially if i have to you know what i hate i, I this is a peeve of being bilingual the fact that my brain knows, you know, like vocabulary and often everything, but there's always that moment that every translator or every bilingual person dreads when you try to find a way to say a word and the word just escapes your tongue. Mm -hmm. Like it's in the tip of your tongue and your brain knows what it is, but you look like you don't know. <laughs> <I> hate that. <laughs> it's terrible because yeah. it's like, 
I want to like hit myself like, oh my God, brain, come on, spit it out. It's right there. You know it. It's it's not that you don't know it. You know it. But it just like, so yeah. That happens to me at least once every Sunday, (laughs) for sure. Usually two or three times. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. But that's why you're there. You're there too. So it's, it's fun. It's fun. And I don't know, I guess fun fact about me, I'm a lefty, so I'm always in my right mind. So that was a bad joke. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. I love Good. my life. Did you t- did you say anything about what you do at Legacy Church International? Um, your role? No, I don't think I did. I am one of the assistant pastors. Um, I spearhead. I don't even like That's that good. word. Is that a good word? Yeah, it's good. Okay, I was trying to figure out what <laughs> would be a good word. Uh, but I I spearhead the the worship. And the young adults, which I love, I love helping young adults um, draw gl- closer to God, and worship has a lot to do with that. Um, I help in the area of prayer. Um, I pastor a certain number of members. Uh, our church has divided the members between our pastoral teams, so they all get uh, a more personal care. Um, and I love that. I actually do love that. I love uh, my peeps, and I love everybody in the church, but I love the fact that I get to be able to speak into people's lives where they are. Um, yeah. I move in the prophetic, not <coughs> drumming my own tambourine or whatever you call it. <laughs> no, she is, <laughs> is not. <that laughs> she moves in the prophetic. <laughs> uh, and I, I love that. I just, I just I love uh, being able to speak into people's lives for, you know, today and, and to be able to encourage them in the future. And when they share their dreams and their, you know, inspiration or the things that they see. I just, I get so excited to, you know, kind of, kind of like come alongside and be like, yeah, tell me about it. I want to hear it. And I want to, you know, push it towards that. How can, what can I do to help you get to your God given assignment? Like, you know, and I love asking God that question, like, Oh God, like what is, what is my role? What do I need to do? How do I need to pray for them? How do I need to encourage them? And even sometimes, you know, like push them forward Mm -hmm. because uh, it's hard. It's, it's reaching your potential can be such a tricky thing. You know, it, it's awesome when you, when God speaks to you or you find out like the things that you are meant to do with your life. Uh, but then you're yeah. faced with this big challenge of how do I get there? And um, sometimes you, you are, you know, you're surrounded by people that can equip you, that can push you, that can um, believe in you when you don't believe in yourself and, and, and help you. And it's unfortunate, and, and my heart goes out when you when I see, I find either, you know, young people, adults, even children, you know, like you see the potential, you see what God has for them, and but they they are in that area where they they're not able to see it for themselves yeah. you know and i just i i i like to be able to do that yeah to be a i don't know what do you call it an equipper uh, an encourager and i i do have to say i you know for those that know me i sometimes you know i'm very blunt i bishop always says i don't have no filter in my mouth <laughs> which <laughs> No, zero. Yeah. Filter, zero. Filter. And I don't mean I don't I don't I don't mean it in a bad way, you know, but I it just sometimes too much cuddling takes nothing. Like it yeah. doesn't do anything, you know. Um even with my kids, like my I, my oldest son, you know, like I remember one time Elijah telling me, "You just want me to be perfect." And my answer was like, "Um, no." 
I don't need you to be perfect. No, but I just, I believe so much in you and I know you can do it that I want you to do it to your best. Even if you feel like <coughs> doing it to your best at first might seem like a failure. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid of, of making a mistake. Don't be afraid of saying, oh, you know what, that first try wasn't that great. Like, yeah. if you're good at everything in the first shot, like, that's not, that's not going to bring growth, you know? Yeah. Um, so I am, um, and I guess for those that don't know, I am a teacher. And part of what I do is teach not just my kids, but I teach in everything I do. And I am a very strict teacher. I had very strict teachers in my life, and maybe that has, you know, uh, taken a hold of me. But I enjoy it. I enjoy being able to challenge people and and seeing them accomplish those challenges, you know. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, you, you talk <laughs> about how... Like I talk a lot about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're talking about how you can be blunt and you can not have a filter and you can be, you know, direct and straightforward and to the point and stuff like that. And I think that that's really good. Like, one of the things that just came to my mind as you were talking, I remember... Uh, back when you used to be more, uh, like now you said you're more over the young adults and stuff like yeah. that. Back when you used to do a lot more with the youth, um, the young people, you were, they, they were, yeah, when they were younger, they, they used to, they used to call you Mama Bear, yep. right? Like that was your, yep. uh, that was your nickname. You were known affectionately as yeah. Mama Bear and my that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. There was this, they, they knew that you were not going to just spoon feed stuff to them they right. knew that you were going to call them to a certain standard but they also knew that y that you were doing it out of love yeah. and i and i've and i saw i saw different times where they would probably not want to hear yeah. what you were saying yeah, they would definitely. get they would you know get frustrated but they always they always had that mm -hmm. confidence to come to you and to talk to you about their problems and their issues even though they knew that you weren't just going to tell them what they wanted to hear and it was maybe hard to hear what you were going to tell them, but it would always come across in that just loving, affectionate, that mama bear way that I'm doing this to defend you. I'm doing this because ultimately I believe that it's going to be for your good. Yeah, you know, my mom, uh, I, I kind of credit my mom for this. I remember growing up, um, my parents, they always taught me that if I was going to do something to do it to the best of my ability, like, don't be mediocre. Don't get, get, don't do it halfway. And my dad will always say, if you're gonna do it, do it all the way. Yeah. If you're not, then don't even bother. Like honestly, don't waste your time. Don't waste other people's times. Just don't. And I remember my mom um, would tell me constantly, and I just that just escaped my mind. Let me remember. But um, I was trying to. Where was? Where was I going? Were you going to? <laughs> I don't know. You said oh, yeah, I remember. Never mind. You? I'm sorry. Was it about, about your independence? I'm sorry. No. It was about um, where my mama bear, you know, feeling comes from. But I remember my mom saying constantly growing up. Because there will be times where, uh, you know, I had a very tense relationship with my mom for some years. Like, if you see see me with my mom today, you probably say, like, oh, my God, they never fought. They never. Because yeah. we are very loving and affectionate, very supporting of each other. We, you know, we care a lot for each other. And it wasn't that we didn't back at that time. It just was that um, I was a very opinionated child. No. 
<laughs> no way. And I would speak my mind, you know, and sometimes it would come across disrespectful and sometimes it would come across like, like you just think you know it all, you know. And my mom would tell me like, hey, my job is not to be your best friend. Like we're n this relationship, yeah. like my first priority, is I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm here to That's be awesome. your mother. I have to guide you. And sometimes you might like what I say and sometimes you don't. And it's funny, you know, how people say like you when you're when you're a child you look at your parents and you're like oh my parents are the worst and yep. you know you complain about certain things and then well, you have children and you realize like oh my god i'm turning into my parent <laughs> yep. and i think that that uh that's definitely <laughs> definitely the case because i've had this conversation with 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 the kids i mean you've you've heard me you know where i have to tell my kids like listen my responsibility, I take this responsibility of your being your mother, not lightly. And I take the same thing to, you know, the young people and the people that I care for. Like, my responsibility, it's to to push you. It's to to guide you. I don't want to tell you what to do. That is not my job. Mm. My job is not to tell you, what, tell you what to do. So when I tell you what to do, I'm not saying it because I want you to do exactly what I'm saying. It's because I'm instructing you. Yeah. That's the only reason why I'm telling you what to do. Once I can see that you don't need me to tell you what to do, then you'll do it. I can say something and you'll do it because now you know. But if um, I don't take it lightly, so when you know when you're mentioning like the young people, I definitely um, it was an adjustment because obviously I am from a different culture, so I had to learn the culture or their culture. And at the same time, not lose my culture and my values and um, being guided, you know, by by God, by the Holy Spirit and understand not everybody can be disciplined the same way. I can't teach the every person the same way. Every person. And I mean, you know, I bishop says it all the time, you know, teach how they learn. And that is so true. Yeah. I have to teach you how you learn. I don't discipline Elijah the same way that I discipline Josiah, you know. First, they are four years apart. It's I can't expect Josiah to have the same understanding and the same uh, response that Elijah has. And sometimes as parents or even as believers, we make that mistake. We, as leaders, you know, uh, or people of influence, if you're a manager, like if you have people that you have under that you're guiding and, and, and leading, you can't do the same. It's not one, one size fits all. Mm -hmm. um, you have to take into account the the person you have to take into account what they know their character everything uh, so yeah I you know there are times where I I I wanted them to know like listen I'm saying this because I love you and I have to say it because if I sugarcoat it coat it coat it coat if I sugarcoat it I'm gonna make more do more more harm than mm -hmm. good and I don't want to do that. I don't want to ever do anything that is going to harm you yeah. more than push you forward. Yeah. And if me cuddling you does that, then I'm not doing my job. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah, I, that actually came up um, in the last episode. We were talking about parenting, and we were talking about how, you know, kids actually, you the, the because of the, the things that they say and the way that they act and because they just want what they want right then at that moment most of the time, they think that they just want you to let them do whatever they want and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But really, kids actually crave structure they and discipline. they crave discipline. Yes. They need it. And if they don't have it, 
it ultimately leads to like it it's it feels good for the for the time but then i mean if you if you look at kids that typically grow up and they don't have like a strong disciplinary structure what usually happens is they actually like like basically all their friends would be looking at them like oh you're so lucky because you get to do whatever you want yeah. but then what happens a lot actually that i've seen anyway is that is that deep down they're actually envying what the yeah. other what yeah. what their friends have because yeah. there's a there's a structure and discipline that's just healthy and that we all need when we're in those those formative and years you know i think that it's the understanding that discipline is an expression of love discipline is not an expression of control it's that's an ex it's an expression of love like i'm you know i discipline my kids because i love them yeah because i want the best for them because their actions are you know could harm them and can harm others like that's <laughs> why i want to tell you what you need to correct what you need to fix um and i remember growing up like i you know i my parents would discipline me and i think i got sometimes the wrong impression i would think like oh they're just trying to be in control they just you know so i have to become independent and i have to prove that i'm good and i'm right. trustworthy because then they'll get off my back right and then there were instances there where I recognize that my own independence like drew me away from the the care and the the protection of mom and dad and when I would be out there if I needed uh, if I would get myself in trouble or I was in a in a in uncomfortable position I recognized like you know what I just this wouldn't have happened if I had stayed under mom and dad or if I, oh I yeah, would have sure. allowed mom and dad to to parent me and yeah. to protect me and it's it's a it's a balance you know uh ruling with an iron fist is not good mm -hmm. discipline your children with an iron fist is not good and it's a balance i mean like i said i i am a strict parent and i have to learn that and i have to remember that because i don't do it perfectly and there are times where i have to you know i i hear you know like god speaking to me and telling me like hey that was too harsh yeah like you you didn't you didn't handle that that yeah that pr you know great you need to go and like don't don't um, like literally the picture that comes to my mind you know it's it's like I have their heart in my hand mm. and if I discipline them to with an iron fist yeah. I have the power to destroy that heart and I don't want to destroy their heart because I'm the f the person that they're the closest to right now and when it's time for them to 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 leave the nest when it's time for them to go into adulthood or do their own thing, their own family. I want them to be equipped to love, yeah. not to um, feel inadequate and immature about that. And yeah. it's 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 difficult. Like, it's, it, there's so much in this time in history, in history, you know. And it's it's hard. Like, I think parenting is just so tiring sometimes. It's yeah. demanding, you know, and it's not easy to juggle. <laughs> well. <what laughs> One of the things that I'm actually really big on, uh, and I and I recommend it to parents, is um, apologize to your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you find that, like you said, I'm not always perfect, and you find that you did mess up, you did go too far, you did discipline too harshly, like don't be afraid to go to your kids and to and to apologize. I mean, if you're apologizing every single day, then that's that's too much. That's, that's too, too much, much. apologizing, <laughs> which means you're either apologizing for things you shouldn't be apologizing for, yeah. or you need to adjust the way that you discipline and, you know, uh, work on self-control a little bit <laughs> when it comes to raising your voice and stuff like that. But like a well-placed apology, uh, just like 
well-placed discipline, you know, not, not cutting down for every little thing, not, you know, I don't know if you're into spanking, not into whatever, but like if you over-discipline, then your discipline starts to not really mean anything. But, you know, yeah. like well, well-placed discipline, you know, I think that there's times, in, in other words, I think that there's times when we need to pick our battles. But I think in the same way that apologizing to your kids when you mess up, when you know that you blew it, because I think that the tendency for parents is that, no, I can't do that. I, I can't apologize. Or either they think they don't need to apologize or they think that it's somehow going to undermine their authority. And mm-hmm. it's just so not true. Yeah. It's so not true. Like when you're willing to admit a fault, when you're willing to admit that you messed up, that you went too far. I've had some really great moments <laughs> with Elijah and yeah. Josiah by just like say, hey, buddy, before, you know, what you did was wrong, but I was wrong, too. I went too far and I shouldn't have, you know, yelled at you like that or I shouldn't have, you know, whatever. And just being willing to kind of go back and to be vulnerable with them. I think that it teaches them some, you know, some really valuable lessons about how they should be with other people and how they should grow and, and, and everything. And even the fact that like when you're willing to admit that you don't have it all together and that it's not perfect, I think that that actually harbors uh, a greater sense of trust and confidence that they can go to you and be open and vulnerable with the stuff that they're dealing with. You yeah. Know? Um, and I think that we need to recognize that uh, parenting is progressive and your relationship with your child has to progress, has to mature into that trust and into the, you being able to speak to them. I think that's what, you know, that scripture that, that says, you know, train the child in in his young age and it will not depart from him. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you train him as he's growing and you're developing, that's when your relationship, I can tell you, I could, I saw and I could recognize when my relationship with my mom changed from um, her, like, you know, like disciplining me and teaching me and instructing me to now, like, I am a, a mature, you know, young adult and she can hear hear me when I'm trying to make decisions and she can mm-hmm. give me wisdom and still make let me make mistakes and just help me to transition to like now I'm an adult and uh, you know now I'm a parent and I can talk to her and she can even still give me wisdom yeah. as my parent but still talk to me kind of like as a peer you know and yeah. then the friendship like develops and I think that that's so important because that's so like I want my kids to I am looking forward in excitement to the years later when uh, Josiah and Elijah are older, you know, and then they have their own family and we can have that relationship where we are uh, like friends, you know. For right now, like these years, you know, I have to be uh, guiding them and I have to be strict and, and everything. But, you know, I'm looking forward to that growing and that change in the interaction and the maturity of it. And then the other thing I was going to say is, like, I recognize that there are times where, uh, you know, I thank God that I am sensitive to his boys because I there are times where, you know, he will whisper to me or he'll tell me, like, hey, are you parenting or are you just trying him to keep him from something that you didn't wow. have when you were a child? Wow. And I have to take a step back and, and be like, whoa, hold <laughs> on. Or even moments where, like, you know, for a certain season, like, I recognize where, you know, God was like, you're trying to live through them and your life is not over. Like, because sometimes there's this lie from the enemy that, especially if you're a young parent, 
that makes you feel that just because you have kids that your assignment or your dreams or the things that you want to accomplish with your life have to take a back seat. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like it's all about your children and the children are first four center in your life and and then little you realize you begin to live through them and wow. that is a very unsatisfying way of living. Wow. Um and I think as a parent we need to be constantly be um sensitive in our hearts to where our children are what are they being exposed to but also to the reality of what god has called them but i cannot do that if i am watch it i'm gonna connect it to worship see i tell you i love worship so much <laughs> and i love that let's go um, you cannot do that if you don't have communion with the father i have to be parent god yeah. parents me god teaches me God guides me so that I can then take whatever he does with me, what he he teaches me and guides me in there. Well, even in the way that you mentioned just a second ago where you said that God stopped you and asked you that question like, hey, are you doing this for them or are you doing this because you didn't have that when you were growing up? And so yeah. that's something God is so good <laughs> at at correcting us and disciplining like us like that through love. Like he knows exactly where our heart is and I love how he'll do that even with questions, yeah. you know, how he'll just kind of call our attention and let us know that he wants to that there's an area of our life that he wants to work on. And so you I don't know if you if you realize you did that or not, that you you actually illustrated it with what you were saying yeah. as you're going into that discussion now yeah. talking about that. But but the, the discipline of God, he does it because he loves us. And it's yeah. never we, we, we went through a teaching series on this recently. Right. Like where. It's never about punishment. No. He's never disciplining yeah. us because he wants you to feel bad for what you did or anything like that. Jesus already took the, the full weight and the penalty mm -hmm. and the punishment and the guilt and the shame and everything upon himself for all of our sins and all of our mistakes and mishaps and shortcomings. He already took all of it. And so there's zero need for God to punish Denise Lamastra yeah. for what she did wrong there's zero yeah. need for that so he'll never do that but he will discipline in terms of instruction that that yeah. correction instructing us with his word calling us to that higher level you know and so rel relating that to worship and relating that to parenting and everything else i uh, i just wanted to make that connection yeah real quick. i mean it's it's uh, like i say i the life that that it's being poured into me in my intimate relationship with god it's what drives my life. I know I can recognize when I haven't spent enough time with God one-on-one, -on -one, when I haven't filled my tank, if I could say it that sure. way. I haven't filled my tank with his love, with his affection, with his, and, and, and I'm, I'm like running low in, in a few fuel. Yeah. And I'm living life with, a low t with a, that low tank yeah. and a little bit behind. And I know I'm going to make a mistake if I do that. Yeah. I find Because I've, I've gone yeah. through seasons where I've done that and it's, trust me, it's the worst you can do. Like, I'm going to take my glasses for a minute. The lights are like, woo, making my eyes go crazy. Um, we're, we're like, you know, for whatever reason, like you brought up the issue of like, you feel like God disciplines you and like, oh, he's going to punish me. So I try to stay away because, uh, you know, like yeah. I don't want him to see this error. I don't want to I don't want him to see. But he knows it all. Yeah. And it's so f so free. It's actually very freeing to understand that 
God is not expecting me to be perfect. He's not looking for perfection out of me. He's looking for me to be the best of what he has already placed in me. Yeah. And it's it's this whole issue of like identity and as a parent like I'm there to cultivate the proper identity into my child's heart. Yeah. Like I'm I'm there to do that. But if I rule with an iron fist, if I if I myself haven't found the right identity, I am in danger of, you know, like nurturing this young life into bitterness and into anger and into uh, insecurity and lack and all that, you know. And I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's all perfect, whatever sure. in our home, because it's not. I mean. <coughs> There are moments it's where it's messy. Yeah, it's messy. And there are moments where, like, I mean, I remember that one time where God that said that to me. Like, I got offended for a minute. I was yeah. like, <laughs> excuse me? Like, <laughs> okay, God. how dare you say yeah. that to me? And I'm, <laughs> so I'm sorry I'm sorry if that's, like, you know, twitching on your religious chip there to say, like, how did you talk to God like that? I have a close relationship with God. God can handle my sassiness, you know? Like, he can handle me being like, oh, like, Let's put a pin on that. I don't want to talk about that right now. Like, you know, I'm just going to ignore that you just <laughs> said that to me. No, like, you know, and then I will, it will, you know, it will be like a little stone in my shoe and it will be there because if I don't want to have to deal with yeah. it, I don't have to deal with it right yeah. there. Like, you know, he's not going to force me to deal with that right there. But it's going to be there. And, and I just love the fact that God can show us the condition of our heart without putting us down, without tearing us down and destroying us yeah if he, sh he shows us the condition of our heart so that he can bring in truth so he can bring in reinforcement you know and he, he can um, make us hold ultimately that is his heart you know um so like i said you know like he said that to me and i was a little like oh that's called me a little <laughs> You know, I was you. a little hurt by that, but, yeah. but we, you know, we dealt with it, you know, and I was like, you know what, God, like, yeah, like, thank you for showing me that. I mean, it's, it's not fun. It's not easy, but you know, I trust him and I trust that he's showing me that it's for my good. It's for my own growth as, as a, as a parent It's for my own growth, even as a person, yeah. like, you know, and we, we need to have the relationship with God because yeah. how I relate to God is how I'm going to relate to others. Yeah. And if I don't have that trust with God, first and foremost, I'm most likely not going to trust other people. Yeah. Well, I want to um, stay on the worship discussion, um, <laughs> but I... <laughs> I just want to mention that if uh, if anybody has a, a comment or a question or anything like that, feel free to put it in the chat. We're live in a few different places, and unfortunately, I don't see all of the um, say, like, all of the chats. See, can I see who's there? So say, hey, yeah, it's it's a little bit it's a little <laughs> bit tricky because we're using this multi-stream platform gotcha. and it doesn't show us everything. So it's a little bit tricky, but if you're there, <laughs> if you would leave some kind of a comment so yeah, that we just know that you're there because it's a little yeah. bit hard to see yeah. who's there unless you comment or something like that. So um, so just be nice, you know, if you want to yeah. have some engagement with us, we'd like to have some engagement with you, too. But yeah, we um, can tell you a lot of funny stories. Yeah, we could do yeah, that, Yeah, we could. I mean, I, we were talking about parenting is uh, messy. Like, we've had some moments where we looked at each other and we were like, 
this was a bad bad parenting moment <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah. it do grow i mean you grow in it and it's it's we've had moments it, we've had moments where we've looked at each other and just been like i don't feel like parenting right now like i don't feel like dealing with that yeah. we've had moments where <laughs> parenting when at the air, serious air quote double air quotes um <laughs> parenting was this was bad parenting our kids are annoying us so bad that we just pick them up and throw them in the pool <laughs> like <laughs> stuff just, like that i love that little little reaction that he just he was like <gasps> Like, I, like, I expect better what? from you. How did that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, thankfully like, God doesn't doesn't yeah. parent like that yes. with, with us. I but know, I mean, right? You know. But I don't know. Maybe sometimes we make him feel like I want to throw you off the, the cliff. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Anyway, but yeah. I don't know how we ended up talking so much about parenting. That was not definitely not not my intention. Because you're on my good. podcast. Good. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. It's 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 in you, <laughs> and so um, no. But there really is a lot of wisdom there, and yeah, it's it's funny because like you like you said, it just kind of happens naturally. But but pretty much everything. Uh, if if you talk to Denise long enough, it's gonna come back to worship <laughs> at, some yeah, at some point. Because it just emanates from you. I wanted to. I I do want to talk about your book a little bit. Um, because I'm excited because uh, Denise released a book all the way back in November. Yeah. And at the time of, of this uh, release here, this is May 24th. So it's been a minute. And yeah. uh, this is the first opportunity that I've had where well, this is a new podcast. You never came back on the Simple Power no, podcast. You, you were me. on it a couple times. <laughs> I'm not just kidding. The, the thing was, the thing was, I knew that I was getting ready to launch this one. Yeah. And so I kind of moved away from I only did a handful of interviews on the old podcast. Right. I mean, not that it's old. It, I, I'm still power. doing it. Episode just came out today. Yeah. But um, I I moved away from doing interviews to where those are just sort of like brief teaching nuggets. And then this yeah. is more the interview format, conversation mm -hmm. format. And so I knew it was coming. And so that's why we haven't had a chance to do this yet. But yeah. finally have a chance. I just want to mention um, uh, your book. It's called uh, The Intimacy of Worship. And if you have not had a chance to read this book, I would really highly suggest you check it out. It's um, yeah. well, first of all, it's available on Amazon. You can find it in oh. ebook and paperback format. Ebooks only four ninety nine, I believe. So yeah. uh, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, <laughs> just just pick it up because it's a really like as I was reading your book, because I was one of the editors for the book as well, like going through it and just seeing the practicality very early on, like in chapter one, the practicality of the way that you describe and define even words like devotion and affection and these words that we throw around all the time, right. not that we throw them around, but these yeah. words that we use all the time yeah. in worship. And I just wonder how well do we really know what we're talking about? Yeah. How often do we sing worship songs because we have the words memorized or because we're reading them on the screen? But it doesn't really permeate into that heart level where it's like this is actually coming from my heart and coming from who I am. I think that if we were to like um, look at grand scale, I would just imagine. I don't know for sure. I don't even know if there's data on this, but I, I don't know for sure. But I would just imagine that over the past 10 to 15 years that the whole like spontaneous worship aspect of yeah. worship services has probably lessened in, in yeah. generally speaking yeah. obviously not not everywhere but generally speaking 
And it's so important to have those moments, whether it's corporate, I mean, corporate and on your own, both, both are, are, are essential, but to have those moments where you tehillah, that, uh, that that's one of the Hebrew words for praise, mm-hmm. where it really has to do with a spiritual song that comes out of you. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that's been written before that you're reading off of a page or off of a, a wall or off of a white screen. It's coming from your heart. It's this bubbling up from on the inside of you. And it, it's just so important that we experience that with God where, yeah, I love worship songs, I love worship music, I love singing songs, yeah. I, I, I love all of that. Those are amazing tools, but it's just an aspect yes. of worship, and it helps us to connect with God and to worship God. And people are out there writing just incredibly beautiful songs about the nature of God, about the character of God. I, I love worship songs that are like sort of theologically deep. Yeah. I think that those are, are important. I love some of the old hymns yeah. that really just get into yeah. the sort of like meat from the word of God. Uh, I love the, we used to spend a lot of time, um, we used to work in House of Prayer. Yeah. And so we used to spend a lot of time paying attention to the the Kansas City, the IHOP, you know, uh, prayer streams and the, the way that they would meditate and, and do worship with the word, word and just yeah. sing the scriptures and sing the word of God. I think all of that is so essential. But having those moments where, like your affection for God is being expressed from you directly to him. It doesn't have to sound pretty. It doesn't have to be theologically astute. It doesn't have to, it could be so childlike in nature, but just when it comes from you and it comes from your heart, it moves his heart. And the fact that our simple words and our simple understanding of scripture and our simple understanding of who God is can actually move his heart to that point that, that, he's moved because he's passionate for us. I think that you capture that kind of stuff so, so well in this book in such a practical way. And um, so, yeah, The Intimacy of Worship by Denise Lamastra, I can't recommend it enough. Um, You know, when... I'm going to try not to cry. I'm just kidding. You can cry. I'm your husband. We can cry, laugh, and everything. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, So, when I started, it was... This this book is definitely a labor of obedience because it's very intimate. Um, there's things that I share in the book that are very like personal. They're personal mm-hmm. between me and God, and and um, you know, um, putting them out there. You know, there's always this question of like, how is it going to be received? How are people going to understand sure. it? Like, uh, do they do they get it? You know, and I have to constantly go back to God and be like, why am I doing this, God? Like, why did you ask me to do this? Like, you know, and uh, I have witnesses that that can attest mm-hmm. to the fact that there were a couple times where I wanted to quit. Like, I was terrified, and I was like, I can do this. Like, ah, like the panic. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like I'm sorry, I'm very animated. Um, I would freak out, and it would just seem such a like such a big challenge. And but at the same time, there was this like deep, 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 deep knowing in my heart, and this deep desire to say, there are there's a cry. There are people that need this. There are people that are journeying for more of God. That are journeying to understand His heart. That are journeying to draw with Him. So how can I? Uh, like, what does it look like? What does it sound like? How do you get there? How do you, uh, you know, um, 
I've read other, like, worship uh, books, and, uh, you know, that are amazing, that are good, that are, have helped me. But at the same time, there were a lot of times where I found myself, like, you know, even in my own walk saying, like, how do, how do I do that? How do mm. I get there? Yeah. I would see men and women of God, like, reach a certain place and a certain level and have a sense of even, like, the presence of God that they carry, the authority that they carry. And I would always go back to this question or to this, this, uh, this thought. They, they carry that because they have been with God. Mm-hmm. And that truth, it's like a cornerstone in my life. I cannot... I cannot pastor, I cannot teach, I cannot be a mother, I cannot be a good co-worker, I cannot be a good employee if I have not been with him. Mm. Like, and I know for some (coughs) people that sounds like, well, what does it have to do with anything? Like, at work you're not being spiritual. You are a spiritual dude. You're spiritual no matter yeah. with which arena you are. No matter which arena you are, you are a spiritual being. Yeah. And it, in your life and who you are, it's yeah. going to flow of that yeah. place of intimacy with him. Well, there's this statement that people throw around, and this is just sort of a pet peeve of mine, so I, I mention it all the time. But there's, <laughs> this, there's this thing that people say. Uh, and it's don't don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think that it's such a lie because w- well, OK, if, if you're if when you say that heavenly mindedness refers to um, super spirituality or, yeah, or, or you, then, then it's then it's a true yeah. statement. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. if if uh, if when you say that statement, don't be so heavenly minded that in that in your mind, heavenly mindedness refers to being like overly religious and pretentious and stuff like that, then, yeah, that's unhelpful. And that makes you no earthly good. (laughs) But true heavenly mindedness, you know, Colossians chapter three, verse two says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And there's reasons for that. You know, it's exactly what you're saying. It's because when we focus on him and part of that is is taking moments like Jesus would often get away to spend time with his father as often as he could, you know, just to be alone with him. Those alone moments with God. And sometimes you don't have two hours to do it. Sometimes you have five minutes. Sometimes you have 30 seconds. Like, but, but those moments where you just sort of check out and check in with God and then being aware of his presence, like you said, that you carry with you throughout your daily life and just living that lifestyle of connection to heaven, co- connection to God, because that is what allows you to be earthly good. Like, I think what this world needs is not people that are uh, like just um searching for earthly solutions to earthly problems we need heavenly solutions we need kingdom-minded solutions and we 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 get that when we connect with his heart and we understand the heart of god and so when you live that lifestyle of worship and devotion to god where you are spending time with him you're spending time in his presence and you're living your life in awareness of the presence of god that doesn't make you less relevant to the world around you it makes you so much more relevant because now you're connected to the source of everything that this world needs and so he'll begin to move in your life and that will in turn it'll result in him moving through your life so that you can be a greater impact and benefit to those around you like you said like um going your 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 job you know your your, the work that you do raising your kids 
going to school, studying, um, running your business, if you're in ministry, you know, all the different aspects of our life, when they flow from that place of intimacy, when they flow from that place of connection to God, then they really have an opportunity to meet their full expression, like their full, their full potential. Yeah. I mean, the word says, you know, out of your heart flow the issues of life. Yeah. But your heart has to be connected to the source. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I feel like it's important for me to mention. So, um, because I, I want people to understand, like, I haven't, I don't, I don't have it all figured out when it comes to intimacy with God. But um, I remember when I was, I was 12, I was 12 or 13. Um, I was in, in uh, like middle school, I think here. Again, I'm from Mexico, so in Mexico it's a different way, the way they do school. Um, so, um, I was in middle school and I had a very close friend and, um, listen, I know what religion is. I know what church life is. Yeah. Like been there, done that, uh, bought the t-shirt, you know, was fan club. It was always that, like, and I'm not saying church, corporate church is bad. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that I understood that, but I was missing the relational part of me relational with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was very good at doing church, but I, I was lacking in my understanding of why church, which is God. Yeah. He's the point of church. And I, and I, you know, I, I didn't understand that at that time I was young, you know? And I remember I had a fallout with my best friend from middle school, you know, like this was the girl that like, we were tight. We would do everything together. Even people, would, we didn't look alike, thank God, I guess, in the sense of like she was, you know, uh, red-haired, light-skinned, and, you know, I was morenita with dark hair, you know. <laughs> I'm brown. <laughs> so, but people still, because we did everything together, people would still be like, you guys are sisters, you know, and we were like, oh, gotcha. but we could be. Um, anyway, so, but listen. She was not a um, a Christian. She didn't believe in God per se. She she wasn't Catholic. B- her family was a Catholic, Catholic, or they had a Catholic upbringing. But she, you know, she she was in her own journey trying to find God. Uh-huh. And I remember we we had we got into a fight, a big fight about something, and she questioned my Christianity, mm-hmm. and he brought me. I went into a downward spiral after that because she said some, she made this statement to me while we were arguing and fighting. And now imagine this, you know, Mexican fighting. We get really loud and everything. Yes, crazy. So anyway, (laughs) and she said to me, she's like, you talk about God, you preach about God, but you don't even know your God. And that hit me like a wall of bricks. Wow. Like, like if you, like just I'm uh, I'm a very like imaginative person. Just imagine like a cartoon, you know, and like this little like tiny little girl just being like smashed to shreds by a giant wall. That's how it was. Like yeah. I completely felt like my world exploded at that moment mm. because I had no answer to that. I wanted to say like, oh yes, I do. Yeah. But when she raised that question, it made me question. Yeah. Do I really, like, do I really actually know God? Do I really know who he is? Like, or do I just 
I'm just part of a club. Yeah. I just <laughs> go to church. I just do these things. But do I actually know who I'm talking about? And I went, like, if you ask my mom, like, she could tell you, like, yeah. That Denise to the Denise that you see now, it's, that's, yeah. no, it's mm -hmm. completely different. Because I went, I, I got depressed. Mm-hmm. I got depressed, and I I went f for, like, a couple years, like, I mean, that was a defining moment, right? My my world fell apart. I didn't, I didn't, like, fall into depression right there, but I was in a state of wonder, like, mm -hmm. like, you know, I was, like, here, there, I don't know, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. Then a couple years later, I get into high school, and high school could be a very difficult time yeah because you are still emotionally trying to mature trying to understand the world trying to figure out what to do with your life which is a very big big question you know and I, to some extent you know i had my life figured out i knew what i wanted to do i knew who i was going to be you know i was going to travel the world for sure that was always there i was not planning on getting married boom Surprise. I didn't want it to get married because I had a wrong understanding of marriage, even though this is not to my parents' fault because actually my parents had a very good marriage. Yeah. I had a good, very good example of marriage. I had a very good example of marriages around, you know, like in church and other yeah. people. But in my mind, I had this, this fear, this huge lie in the back of my mind that said, if I ever get married, I will lose who I want to be. And all I will be handed will be the keys to the house, get knocked up and pregnant, have children, and never do my dreams. Wow. And I did not want it that. And, I mean, that's a testimony of itself. Yeah. How God changed my thinking and my understanding of what marriage really truly is. And I was, you know, because that, that thinking, that, that lie changed. I was able to embrace God's plans for me. Mm. And look at me, you know, I'm happily married. We're going to 13 years being married. We have two wonderful, beautiful children. Like, it's it's huge. Yeah. I remember even when we were dating, <laughs> <laughs> when we were dating, that was an issue that, yeah. that you were working through or that yeah. God was working through in your life. And uh, it caused some it, it caused some friction. Oh, it yeah, caused some tension. It definitely. It took me a little while to uh, <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to convince you that I wasn't just going to leave you barefoot and pregnant for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah um, for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, something that I that I noticed in you that I've noticed over the years so often, like you can be really I, I'm going to use the word stubborn. I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm just trying to think <laughs> of the, the, the real word that I want to use. Ooh. Uh, strong-willed strong yeah. yeah that's the word you always use so very you, you you can be very strong-willed when you have your mind made up about something I'm not gonna no one's gonna convince you otherwise but what I really have always loved and respected about you is that I know that if I just give you time to hear God so so in other words like I might be trying to to talk to you about something or there might be something whether it's something like this where it's an identity issue or something like that that you're struggling with that you're dealing with you'll always eventually get to that place where you allow God to reveal himself to you through that and to show you that thing 
And like you said, it may be a little while of you walking through life with that like rock in your shoe, mm-hmm. just kind of like pretending it's not there yeah. and like, I don't want to deal with this and just acting like, no, no, no. But then you'll always eventually get to that point where you just accept it. And and then transformation happens because it's who God is. It's yeah. it's the nature of God. You know, yeah. when 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 he shows you yeah. um, an area that needs to shift. But when you can see when you can see that in light of his love for you, that this is me bringing you God talking. This is this is me wanting to bring you into a greater fullness of who I've created you to be and the plan that I have for your life. Um, And so that's something that I've seen in you over and over again. Like I can be frustrated about something like God, she's just not getting it. She's just not getting it. And finally, it'll just click and I'll be like, oh, you know what? I can actually trust this woman to get to that to eventually get to that point might not be in my timing but (laughs) (laughs) but to eventually get to that point where as once she hears from god on the matter she's going to have a soft heart about it and she's going to allow you to you know bring that change and transformation on the inside of her and honestly that change and transformation it take it takes place because of worship because like i said i love music so I was always singing everywhere I went. You know, you can ask my parents. I would lock myself in a room and spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours singing, you know, to the point that I will annoy my brother. And my brother would be like, shut up. Like, stop. I've heard those songs like a thousand times. (laughs) 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 Like, seriously, you know. Um, And I didn't know. I didn't know that uh, because, and this is the the ticker. So I I would do that and because, and, um, in Mexico, still, you know, like, there's a big separation between, like, this is Christian, so you do this, and this is secular, so you yeah. don't touch that. I would listen to worship music because I was only allowed to worship. And not because my parents were like, you know, like, you better not listen. No, no. It was just like, that was my conception. That mm-hmm. was my perception. Um, I felt like that was what I, I had to do. So. I didn't realize that while I was doing that, while I was singing all those songs over and over and over, consistently annoying my brother, God was creating a wealth inside my heart. And at the same time, you know, like going back to this whole issue, I had those, I went into high school, but I still had that identity issue that I didn't, I didn't deal with. I, I hid it very, very well. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and then I was faced with things in high school that would even question more that, like, who is God in my life? Mm. Like, is he is he my religion or is he actually like, well, wow. am I everything, you know? And I will go back and forth. I will go back and forth between like, oh, one day I'll be so like sold out for God. And yes, I'm going to reach the world for Jesus. And, you know, (laughs) and then on the other side, you know, I'll be like, oh, my God, I hate the fact that I'm a Christian because I can't do the things that other people Mm -hmm. are doing. Yeah. So I would go through that struggle, you know. And then finally, like, I I I got into an emotional relationship with this boy and he broke down so much of the confidence that I had. I was never a, sh- a shy child. I was always very confident, and Josiah reminds me so much of it. So <laughs> sometimes I have to be like, oh, God, that's how it was. Josiah will talk to anybody. He will say hi to anybody. He would introduce himself to everybody. He has this natural self-confidence. Yeah. Just This is who I am, and this is who you are, but I want to know who you are. Like, I have no issue playing with you, whether you're older or younger than me. I'm, I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. That's how I was. So 
Um, I was the opposite. When, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found that out. Yeah. So when, um, when I got into this relationship with this boy, he tore me down so much to the point that because I already had an issue with my own identity that I, you know, like, I got depressed. Mm. I got depressed, you know. He he wanted to just kind of, like, you know, show me off. And, like, you know, he would even say to me, like, because I would ask him, like, why are you being such a jerk? Like, you're so nice to me when it's just you and me. But then when we're with your friends, like, you'll be a total jerk. Mm. Like, what did I One ever do to you? Like, you know. And I wasn't, like, mature enough, I guess, like, in my mind, like, to even, you know, say, like, oh, I'm done with this. Like, you know, you can still be, uh, like, have a confident personality. But if you have a hole somewhere in your identity, you Mm. will allow certain things to take place. Wow. And, um, you know, it just got to a point where I guess he got tired of, you know, like, I was... I'm not going to say I was old, but I just, you know, I guess, you know, I wasn't like the new girl in school and it, I wasn't, you know, how how would you say that? Like, I wasn't fancy or like attractive to be in a relationship without that moment. You okay. know what I mean? Because you know how yeah. sometimes like in, in a high school or whatever, you know, it's like the upper class kids like see the new kids that are coming in and it's like, oh, well, she's so pretty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they're interested yeah. in that and they're interested in that person for just a little moment. Right. And then once it's yeah. like old, it's, it's, it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like then you're no longer valuable to them. Mm. It was kind of one of those situations. Um, so, you know, like whatever his interest in me fade away. But with that, he took a whole chunk of my heart well wow. he took a whole chunk of my heart and a whole, a whole chunk of like my value not because he he did it intentionally i'm sure he didn't intend it to but because i had a hold in my identity so because i did i gave him the power to do that mm. well wow. and that brought me to like a really like sad part of my life and i remember worship became my safe place well sorry to take that very long 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 (laughs) trip to get there but no you're fine but um worship became my safe place because i remember my mom saying she she recognizes something was off that something was going on but i didn't want to tell them i I just died Sure, I was too embarrassed. I was too embarrassed. And yeah, and I was at that age where I was like, Mom, don't mess my life. Like, yeah. let me yeah. be. Your let me be who I am. Then, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah they, they, they had no idea what I was going through emotionally. Like, you know, neither would I, like, actually open up to say it. You know? So um, she said to me, she's like, I noticed, like, what's going on? Like, I see the, like, I don't recognize you. Like, where's your confidence? Where you? She would see that I would like. All of a sudden, was like I had no confidence. I didn't have drive for certain things. I I was always, um, and I'm gonna accept this. I guess in national TV. This is not national TV. National TV. Anyway, (laughs) I was a nerd. I was a nerd, and I loved school. I was smarty pants, and I loved school, and I always try, you know, thrived in class and Mm -hmm. taking having good grades. And when I got to that point, like, all that faded away. Yeah. I had no interest in school. I had no interest in things that were interesting to me. Like, and my mom was like, okay, like, what's up? And I, I thank God 
for his wisdom that my mom didn't want to try to fix me. Yeah. She didn't want to fix me. She gave me room to grow and mature. She knew something was going on, and, 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 and I mean, I talked to her later, years later about it, you know, and she said, she said, I heard God say, pray for her. I had to pray you through that season, even though my heart was aching. As a parent, my heart was aching because I wanted to fix the situation. Yeah. I wanted to, to know yeah. who did what, what they did, yeah. what. Yeah. But I could not touch it because if yeah. I touched it, I would regret it and I would not actually help you. Wow. So she said to me, she's like, I know you're sad, but because um, all I wanted to do was to stay at home and sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be at home. I wanted want, didn't want to do, you know, like I just wanted to sleep and I wasn't interested in things. I, I kept feeling like the life was being sucked out of me mm. constantly, consistently, like reminded of things and then just like me, you know, like I had a, we were watching the movie Tom and Jerry, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, when the animals are like fighting and they create this like tornado of, of like chaos and yeah. turmoil. That's how, that's what the thoughts were going through my mind. Right. It was that. It was like just like a cloud of things. Sure. And I had no clarity for things. I mean, I could function. I'm not saying I couldn't function, but, but there was just like something else. Um, and uh, she said to me, she's like, okay, well, the only thing that I'm not going, that, that you cannot do is not go come to church with us. She was like, I'm, if you want to lay low, for, you know, from just going to school and coming back home and not doing, not hang out with your friends. And again, this is, this is, this was hard for my mom because I was, I'm, I was the outgoing child. You know, yeah. more than my brother. I was always hanging out with my friends. My friends were always hanging out at home. And then all of a sudden it was like nine and day. Like I didn't want to be around people. And she was like, what's wrong? Like, that's not normal. Like, are you sick? What's, you know? So anyways, she said, but you cannot stop going to church. So I was like, okay. Trust me. I will go to church. And I had an attitude with God. Sure. I was, I'm not going to say it. You were pissed <laughs> off? It's okay. I was <laughs> I was so upset because I felt like it was it was unfair. I was like, I didn't do anything to deserve this. I, why yeah. do I feel like ah, this hole in my heart? I was heartbroken, but it was not just that. That was just a, a layer of it. But there was a hole in my identity. And I would listen to worship and I would sit there and I would stare at everybody and I would just be like judging and criticizing every little thing that everybody was doing. And I had this phrase on my forehead and I'm not going to say it because it's not Christianese and say I can't that say that. Yeah. But it was literally like, leave me alone. Yeah. Do not touch me. Do not talk to me. Do not bother me. I just want to be left alone. But and my sadness was masked with this front of like, do it. You know, it was rejection. It was completely that. And I'm making it this too long. Anyway, so worship became my safe place. Yeah. Because in that anger, you know, I, my position shifted from, like, arms crossed, like, you did this. Who are you? Where were you? Everybody says that you're good. Everybody says that you're loving. Yeah. But in my time of need, yeah. when I needed you to save me, when I needed you to protect me, you were nowhere near. Yeah. That was my feeling. Yeah. You gonna say something? 
no. Well, I I can. I have a, I have a lot to say, but um, I I do just want to say that the what what you're what you're getting to is it really shows the power of worship and the power of of intimacy in your life because ultimately it was that you said worship became your safe place. Worship became that place where things. Um, you didn't say this yet. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but where uh, I'm guessing things began to shift, mm-hmm. your attitude began yeah. to shift, your the your outlook on life began to shift, and you're keeping it a little bit clean, like you didn't <laughs> get into all the messy details. Because I know from because we're married, yeah. I know that um, part during that process of time, you also you didn't you didn't just like stop caring about school. You actually dropped out of school. Yeah. Right? Or you f- did you drop out or fail out? I failed out of school. You, you I stopped. went from a being an honor yeah. roll student to failing a class. And like everybody looking, I mean, I, rem- <laughs> I remember, and this was very hurtful to me at that moment, but I just never said, any, you know, I never said to anybody like, oh, that hurt. But I remember I was supposed to do this uh, like work project with some of, my, some of my classmates. And obviously because I was always like one of the smart kids in the class, I was, you know, like in the group with the smart kids. Mm-hmm. And I went to do this project at someone else's house. And I guess this girl had been talking to her mom about me and telling her how like, you know, like I used to be like one of the top of the class, but yeah. lately I've been like iffy and whatever. And then she like point blank at me. We were sitting like eating a lunch and she was like, yeah, well, if you keep going down that road, you're never going to do anything with your life. You're going to be a failure. Yeah. And that like stroke me, too. I was like, man, I'm already down in this woman <laughs> who I don't even know. <laughs> like it's like putting me down. But it's still just built on top of what I was already dealing. Yeah. So I did. I get I got to a point where like I just gave up. Yeah. I just gave up and yeah. but God purposely, was purposely failing tests like yeah I would purposely answers, I knew the answers and I just was not, out of spite to the teachers because the it. teachers would come up and be like come on Denise like you know we need to uh, like, they would expect a certain number of students to do good because that would look good under whatever right so I had a teacher like came up to me and be like hey don't mess up that test like you know all the stuff right like like come on team team whatever and in my mind i was just like who do you think you are to demand this from me you don't know me like i don't need to please you yeah like i literally like my attitude from whatever was just like all of a sudden everybody was i didn't care so Um, what what i was what i was getting at is like you you know you're like maybe not get into all the details, but it was that like it wasn't just that you had this bad attitude for a little while and then you began to worship and God fixed everything. Like oh it wasn't no. it wasn't just that, no, that kind of messy. a pretty story. <laughs> Trust me. You were um, you ended up I mean, I know you ended up in some bad relationships. I know you ended up um, just trying to be a cool kid and smoking with your friend. Well, I don't know if that was th- that <laughs> same time frame or if it was different, but. Uh, but you also, I know that you also, um, if, if it, if this was a different time period too, correct me, but, um, like dealing with like depression to the point yeah. of having, you know, suicidal thoughts oh, yeah. and, yeah. you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I remember you talking about, you know, there were times where you would just, you would basically cross the street. Oh, that's what I was going to yeah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I would be in school and we would be like having lunch and whatever. So outside of my high school would be like a like a taco place 
you know. Yeah. It wasn't a taco place, but that's what most people here would get an idea of what it is. So it was kind of like a taco place. and um, But you had to cross this main road in order to get there, you know. Um, and I would cross it, you know, but then it would get to a point where, like, just this whole feeling of, like, why is life is not worth it? Like, I had lost complete a complete sense of where I was going to the point that I I would walk really slow. I would get so close to the cars, you know, that my friend I would freak out my friends. Like my friends would be like, What the heck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like like come on, like stop it. Yeah. Yeah, it's kinda like <laughs> kinda like um uh what's that? What's like that I was uh, daring like, like, like lethal weapon, I you was know like daring uh, like Riggs. He wouldn't <laughs> He couldn't kill himself, yeah. but he wanted. He didn't want to yeah. be there, well, and so he didn't want to kill himself because I, he knew that his yeah. wife would have been disappointed in him, and and so she had died, and, and so anyway, we we just we were watching this uh, the show. The, the show yeah. the, anyway, <laughs> yeah. But he would uh, he would purposely he would put himself into in precarious situations yeah. where hey, death could happen to me anytime. Like I could I could uh, I could get hit by this car. I could fall off this building. I could get shot. I could whatever. And the idea wasn't that he didn't want to go so far as to just end his life, but he didn't mind putting himself out there where if something happens to me, something happens to me. Is that kind of where your yeah, mindset yeah. was? Yeah, I, I was, you know, I, I would go to sleep and I would, this would be my prayer. It would be, I don't want to wake up. Yeah. Like, can you, can you just take me out? Like, and in my mind, it was like, I would say sometimes like, can I have redo like can you just like like erase my life and then if you want me to live then like bring me in a different way like mm -hmm. i just because i felt like a failure like it was like i said like i had a whole such a hole in my identity that it wasn't like it wasn't just like oh this boy torn my heart apart no like i i couldn't find myself it's like I didn't know who I was because I had gone to a place where I felt like I had pleased everybody, but I was unhappy with who yeah. I was. I, I was trying so hard to live up to expectations. Some of those were put by people. I don't think they were intentional, but I was aware of those expectations, and I just didn't, didn't know how to live up to those. Mm. And... And I would I would go through those seasons where like in my mind I would be like, well I I don't want to be here because I feel like I have no purpose, but I know I didn't want to hurt my parents. Yeah. I I didn't want to disappoint my parents, yeah. and I think that was also a, hard, a very hard issue, like having to face my parents when I dropped out of school and it, and I couldn't register. Like, I couldn't register because I failed that many classes. I couldn't, e I, not even if I wanted. Right. I could, I could, I didn't have the option to get back in, in the, in the game and fix it. Yeah. No, I had messed it up to the point. There was a time where my mom, ha my mom had to, my dad had to come to pick me up at school because I had an anxiety attack in school and mm -hmm. I couldn't stop crying. I was terrified. I felt like I was, you know, I had a panic attack altogether. I couldn't breathe. I was hyperventilating. The teacher just kept looking at me like, what the heck is wrong with this girl? And I just couldn't answer. And I was sitting outside of the door, and all I could do was call my mom in my brick cell phone <laughs> that tells me <laughs> how old I am. Um, and, 
and and she didn't even like she didn't even know like you know what I mean like but again like I just I just saw so much grace from God in the sense that my parents didn't just want to fix my life and fix what was broken they realized that something was going on but at the same time they understood that I needed to walk through some of this and I had to be just covered by prayer you know I'm sure my mom went several nights you know crying to God saying hey God what is going on with Denise I don't know what's going on yeah. and but I th- I'm thankful that she was sensitive to the voice of God that she was sensitive to God to understand that even though I felt so alone and even though I felt like in such a turmoil and in such a uh, de- a depressive state I know he was there with me so when did things kind of start to so, shift or yeah. how did that look like? So was it a process? It was, it was a process. I think it took me probably maybe about like two years. It wasn't easy quick. No, it yeah. was a process of two years because like I said, I went through that. Like I, I sank deep into my despair. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I got, I was, I was deep in Set the mud, roots, yeah. steeped in pity party, yeah. you know, and I was mad with God, and I was, like, having this attitude of, like, mm, I don't want you in here. Yeah. You know, I was singing this, like, I was singing worship songs on Sunday, and I'll be like, you know, I don't know, like, like, um, I'm trying to think of a worship song right now, like, like, how great is I God? And I'll be like, yeah, right, you're great. <laughs> he ain't great at all. Honestly, that was my heart attitude, you know what I mean? Like, out of my lips, I'll be, like, standing up, looking at the chairs. And as soon as it's the like low song coming up, I was, like, sitting, and I was, like, mm. It's like, like that song we used to sing. <laughs> it's all about me. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. exactly. It was all about me. It wasn't about Jesus. It was all about me and my emotions and everything. So, anyway, but slowly, it his presence and the wor- his word and being in, in my, and I think this is the way I see him. I was in his presence even though I was, not wanting to be in his presence when we were having worship time. Yeah. You know, I was exposed to his face, to his presence, even though I didn't want to be in his face. Mm-hmm. But I experienced him, and being exposed became something that slowly but surely put destroyed and put down that shield, you know. And then I went from that offstandish attitude to weeping man i could not stop weeping yeah i would get to i wanted to come to church because i wanted to cry all i wanted to do <laughs> was to cry and i would get there and i would you know like the first second song start and i'll just be crying and crying and crying and crying and i think p- some people were like oh my god she's so spiritual because i would be down bowed in my knees crying mm. you know and i think i'm sure some people judge me sure. honestly you know around me they didn't know what was going on yeah. You know, but they were like, oh, she's so spiritual because she's on her face. No, I was down in my face because I was pouring out the ugliness and all the the junk and the toxicity that was coming out of my heart because I felt such an anger and such a pain. You know? Yeah. But in the midst of that, I never felt God trying to fix me like mm-hmm. or trying to tell me, like, well, you need to stop feeling like that because you are a daughter of the most yeah. high. And the Bible says I never he- he- felt God grab a Bible and, like, knock <coughs> me out in my, ooh, I'm sorry, in, in my, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. All I kept feeling was that he, he just kept holding my hand saying, I'm right here. 
Yeah. Let it out. I'm yeah. right here. I can handle it. I can handle your heart. Mm. I can handle your anger. And I remember time and time would say, like, I, w- I would lock myself in my parents' room and I would say, if you are real, show yourself. Mm. Like, and I would yeah. say, not in a, that, I mean, listen, the tone of my voice was a challenge. I was challenging God. If you are real, you better yeah. show me that you're real. Because I don't want mediocrity. Mm-hmm. I don't want cookie-cutter religion. I want realness. That's what I want. That's where I, I found myself. That's where my lack of identity took me. To say, I don't want nothing fake. I want the real deal or don't give me anything. Well. And he sure showed me. <laughs> he showed me. He showed me how I needed and what I needed. And it wasn't, uh, you know, scripture by scripture, like, here, read the Bible and it's going to yeah. fix it. No, right. he, he was down in the trenches where I was with me, and he showed me his love. He showed me his forgiveness. He showed me who I was, who I am, what he's called me to do. You know, and even throughout the process, like, I've had to come to embrace who he has called me to be. Yeah. Because there have been times in my life where I've been like, oh. Hold on. Yeah. The breaks. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Don't call me to do that. Anything else, but do not call me to do that. But if I have not learned to be vulnerable and to yeah. be safe, and that's one thing I said about worship. Yeah. Worship, that secret place with God has to be the place where you can just come yes. undone with him. Yeah. If that's not the place where you feel the safest, where you feel the the most vulnerable, where you feel yeah. like you can tell say exactly what's in your mind and God can meet you right there, then you don't have that intimacy yeah. yet. Yeah. It, one of the things that you talk about in your book is that if the only experience that you have with worship is when it's in the corporate setting, and of course, again, that's an important aspect of worship. Yeah. We need that togetherness yeah. that you know with the saints. But, but if that's the only experience that you have with worship, then you're really selling yourself short, and mm-hmm. you're going to make it difficult to really build that the kind of devotion and intimacy that you're talking about. And yeah. if you really, like, if we if we look at the scriptures, like if we just look at David, yes, you know, David, you mentioned God was down there in the trenches with you. You know, we can read some of the Psalms and some of them are really pretty and some yeah. of them are really, <laughs> really nice. Like, God, I'm going to praise you forever. Yeah. You're great as your faithfulness. You know, uh, the mercy of God is everlasting, all these different things. But then there's also like, hey, s- like soul, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, why are you downcast? You know, hope in God and that sort of self-encouragement, that self-talk that was often um, a part of the of what was was modeled to us in terms of the the worship of the psalms but then also things like god created me a clean heart you know renew a right spirit within me that wasn't like a pretty song that was that was david like you said before the lord pouring his heart out recognizing that he had made some mistakes recognizing that he hadn't been living right recognizing that there were issues in his life that he needed god to change and transform and Sometimes, like, when we really get into the, the depths of intimacy with God, like you're talking about, it's not always this pretty thing. But it's kind of like, you know, this phrase that we'd use at Bible college, it hurts so good. You know, like, it's, it's uh, opening yourself. I would love to, I, I needed to get to church because I, I, I just wanted to cry. I wanted to get this stuff out yeah, of me. I, and I think that we avoid that. I think yeah. that we, I think that we actively avoid stuff that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, really. Uh, it's, especially, 
maybe not in all parts of the world, especially yeah. in America. And this is the, obviously doesn't apply to everybody, but I think that we actively just in daily life, in regular stuff, and our brains are so designed, you know, our subconscious mind is so designed that it tries to constantly keep us safe and keep us comfortable and keep us only experiencing the good things. So, you know, when we're, when we're singing the happy, joyful worship songs, we're cool with that, but we'll actively sort of avoid those moments of just vulnerability before the Lord. And Jesus said in, in John chapter 4, he, he says that the Father is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. One of the meanings of that word truth is nothing hidden. It basically yeah. means to be open and yeah. bare yeah. before the Lord, to be, to be naked, so to speak, before mm-hmm. him where you're in that place of vulnerability. And it really comes down to it's like a surrender. It's yeah. a surrendering. And, to, and there's so much, so much, so much to experience in God's yeah. presence, so much there's always great deeper depths there's always more there's always deeper waters to swim in um but i i I feel like we'll we'll access it to a certain point yeah we'll we'll only access it to a certain depth if we're not willing to surrender you know to to that point where we're where we're like even when it's like areas of your life where you said it wasn't just an immediate thing it wasn't overnight It, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just and sometimes God can do, you know, God can do that. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it happens oh, that way. But I think that even talking, thinking about what you're saying about how God wasn't just he wasn't trying to change you. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't in a rush. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I would just imagine like imagine as a as a mother, you know, Elijah came to you and he said, Mom, I'm I'm struggling with this. I have this problem in my life. And then you taking the next like six months to work through that with him and every once in a while he would come to you and he would have to cry because he was struggling with it or whatever i don't think that as a mom even as an imperfect parent i don't think that you'd be like like mad at him or annoyed or whatever but there would be you would be cherishing that that moment that opportunity to be there for him to embrace him to wrap your arms around him and to show him your love to reveal yourself to him and so when we're willing to come to that place, our Father, who's our perfect Heavenly yes. Father, who knows us perfectly, it's like, yeah, He wants us to be up here. He, wa- yeah. he wants us to yeah. ex- be experiencing His goodness, and He wants us to be getting the most out of life and the most out of our purpose and destiny and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's the goal. He's always trying to move us to, to another level. He yeah. wants us to be there, but at the same time, I think that He so loves those moments where he's able to just reveal himself as father to us. And he's able to really just lavish his love upon us, you know, even when, even in those moments. And, and this would be hard for, uh, for an earthly parent, but for God, he knows, he understands it perfectly, you know, where it's, he, he knows that we're holding back. He knows that we're holding things back. And so he's just constantly, you know, calling us to go further, like, like, okay, like, like, I get it. You don't want to yeah. give that area of your life to me. Yep. I get it. But when you give it to me, everything's going to get so much better. Yeah. And I know you can't see it right now, yeah. but I just want. And, and so worship and a lifestyle of worship, it's about so much more than just clapping our hands yeah. and raising our hands and singing songs. Again, those are all expressions of worship yeah. and they're important. Yeah, they're tools. Like but it's that yeah. it's cultivating that lifestyle of devotion and surrender to God. And out of that, I mean. The fact that, like in that same passage in John chapter 4, it says that 
um, or Jesus is talking to this woman at the well, and he's explaining to her like a different paradigm of worship because her question started off like, uh, okay, well, where do you say, because she was a Samaritan woman, yeah. and she was like, where um, do we worship? Yeah, do we where go? are we supposed to worship? Because, you know, the Jews say that so you're supposed to worship there, but we say our forefathers taught yeah. us that we're supposed to be here. And Jesus is like, hey, the time is coming and now is where you will no longer worship there or here, yeah. but the Father is seeking worshipers Those. who will worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. We are worshipers by nature. Yeah. And so our Heavenly Father is looking for us to come into the fullness of our identity in Him as worshipers. Yeah. Because the, one of the realities of worship is that you always become like what you yeah. worship. And so yeah. the best thing in the world for us, the best thing that we could do is to learn how to worship, to yeah. learn how to yeah. be worshipers of God. Yeah. Because what automatically happens is God begins to rub off on us as we worship. We begin to become more like him. Mm -hmm. And it's not this egoistic, no. uh, ego, ego, egoistic, is that, is that a word? Egotistic. egotistic. Thank you. I was like <laughs> egoistic. Uh, I was thinking Spanish. Um, E, uh, yeah, egotistic or egocentric sort of a thing where God's just like, I just want worship. Give me more worship. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. not about that no, at all. No, it's no. no. When you be when you recognize your nature as a worshiper and you begin to worship in spirit and in truth, yeah. uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, and then laying your life open before the Lord in that position of surrender, yeah. in that position of devotion before me, what happens is, you, you actually begin to change yep. and transform from the inside out. Yeah. It's the best thing that could ever happen to yeah. you. Yeah, you know? because it's, 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 it's a guarantee. Like, um, there's two things that I want to add to, you know, we're talking about this. God never made me feel like I was inconvenient him. Whenever I shut that door behind me and I went to seek him, whether it was for a few minutes because mom and dad were getting home and I didn't want them to see me cry mm. or whether I was there for two hours crying because there was nobody home and they weren't going to be home for a few hours. I never felt like I was inconvenient him. I never felt like my brokenness and the stage where I was inconvenient me. So because he allowed me to feel that way, I was able to know his heart. I was able to come to know his character, you know, and the thing is that, I mean, even thinking, you know, you put this example of like as a, a, a parent, like if my kid is going through something and all I can think of is the fact that he's taking up my time mm -hmm. and I don't have time for this and I'm busy, I'm being inconvenient by it. And that is not how God feels towards us. Yeah. That's just, oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. So because he never made me feel like he was inconvenient by what I felt was imperfection because that's how I felt. I felt like I was I was unworthy to even come like I should have my stuff together. I've been a Christian since I've been five years old. I should know this stuff. I've, I've known the scriptures. I know Psalm 23. Yeah. I know John 316. Yeah. I should get it up together. Yeah. And he never made me feel like you should. He actually made me feel like, well, why should you if you don't even know me? Wow. How, how can you? How can you have that understanding if you don't know who I am? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Knowing me, it's foundational. Yeah. All the other truths or, or, princip uh, or principles that you learn through mm. church, through discipleship, cannot bring life in your life yeah. unless 
the foundation of everything is that you know him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's not looking for our just religious responses. Mm -hmm. He's not he's not looking for that thing that we feel so often. I think that that that's what he wants. That this is what God wants out of me. He wants me to look, you know, cookie cutter. He wants me to look like everything is good. He wants me to just, you know, say these right things. That's not what God's looking for at all. And, and, that, and I also had to learn, like, through that process, I had to learn that he didn't want me because he wanted me to be okay to do what he called me to do. Because that's another wow. trap. Yeah, so you know, then it to, becomes to believe, about to God, believe God, that, God like, using me oh, or trying to yeah, get something so out of me. If I want God to use me, i got to be worshipful. Yeah. I have to be spiritual. I have to do yeah. things right. I can't sin. I can't do this because I, I want to get to where he wants me to get. So the goal is the assignment. So i got to do this to get to the assignment. And I, you know, I got, I went through that season too, through that phase where I felt like, ooh, okay, I went from, okay, I'm no longer caring about all these things. I got my identity kind of a little bit in place, but now my identity is founded in what he's called me to do. Yeah. John, 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 like I'm all these things to men, mankind, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. And and then you and neglect disappoint yourself and, and neglect let entirely and my God's relationship with God because you didn't do it right. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Or feeling completely unsatisfied. Yeah. Because my expectations are just not being met. And it's like, hello, like you went from loving me and letting me love you because you were undone to now you have a purpose. So your whole uh, desire is to reach that purpose. But you forget who gave you that purpose. (laughs) Why are you doing who are you doing it for? What's the point? And I became the center. And it was like, ooh, I'm doing this. But then, you know, underneath all that, then frustration comes in and anger and resentment. And I remember a season where I was resenting Elijah. Because I was like, I have a baby and I can't be doing ministry and I can't be doing what I'm called to do because I have a child that I have to take care of. And instead of seeing that blessing of me bringing somebody who can see, who can model what I teach, what I show him, I'm resenting this little creature who is not even guilty because yeah. <laughs> he didn't ask to be here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And Yeah, let me just say that anything like that, any kind of, like, disconnect in your identity in that way, It'll lead you to like it'll lead you into some pretty some dark, places. dark places, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and like to t- to that extent, that something that was such a blessing, a blessing from God in yeah. your life, you're looking at it like something that was holding you back from yeah. what God had for you. God's like, hold on a second, like this is what I have for you. This yeah. is your son. This is your child. Yeah. Like this is not everything that you are. Right. You're not just a mother. Yeah. But this is like this is ministry too. Yeah. You know. And but. W- we could even we could be doing so many good things for God and yet feeling completely worthless or feeling like it's completely just not what it's supposed to be when our perception of it's number one, off. like our perception of the father is off. Yeah. And then our understanding of who we are in him when that's yeah. off, when there's yeah. that disconnect in identity there and you're whether, you know, you're comparing yourself to other people or you're just you're feeling that you're only worth something or you're only valuable to god based on what you can do for god mm-hmm. inevitably it's never enough yeah. so you end up in that place like you said where you feel empty you feel like you're just completely unfulfilled and th- that coupled with god's not happy with me yeah. 
or you yeah. know f- that again that feeling that God's not happy with me mm-hmm. it's a it's amazing how much God like he just he uh, uh, I have a friend that said a little while back like you know God is so in love with us that he likes to just he likes to watch you he likes to watch <laughs> yeah. you have fun yeah like when you have fun and you enjoy life that that's actually a good thing for God. He's not looking at you like, oh yeah, you're having so much fun. Well, you really should be in your room praying right now. (laughs) That's not God's heart for us. Of course we need to pray. Like, of course that's cultivating relationship, you know, but it's not this thing where he's just looking at us constantly like, you're really not measuring up. You're not measuring up to my plan, to who you're supposed to be. You're not following through. You're not doing this. And God's just so not like that. And if we could shift our, our thinking on that of, of who God is and the way that he looks at us. And if we could begin to, uh, I don't want to make it all about us, but like begin to see ourselves the way that he sees us. Yeah. You know, living life in the light of his face right. shining down on right. us. And just that yeah. that passion of of God just that's toward us. Yeah. You know, that when when that becomes the catalyst for worship. So that worship is not this thing that we have to do. But it's a response yeah. to God's perfection, to God's beauty, to and to His love for us. Yeah, you know? and I, I, you you learn as you grow in a relationship with God that worship is not about making you feel good. It's not, maybe at first you might start a little. You might start a little bit about God coming in and fixing your heart and like making you whole. But that's just a starting point. That's not all of it. He, you experience them and i think worship needs to be experimental i think that's the word you have to experience it experiential yes thank you experiential you have to experience him you have to be in there and it has to be personal and it has to be you because i try there were times in my life where i tried to use or do or model what other people have done and it just didn't work for me yeah i just didn't get the same results you know I I had to realize, like, hey, if I'm going to get to know him, I have to know him for me. Mm. I might use what other people have learned and what other people, the steps that other people have followed as a guide. But at the end of the day, he knows me and I want to know him. And I am me. He doesn't want me to be like anybody else. And And that was another thing that while writing this book, I I was constantly asking God, God, please, that these words will not come as this is the rule and you follow this and is the gospel in that yeah. sense. No, 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 no. This is just a guy. This is just few principles that you can make your own that will ignite your heart to follow after him. And that you will take off in your own adventure, in your own love relationship with God, and that you will pursue that wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. That is ultimately what it is. You know, it's I, because you, I mean, even in, you know, in our relationship, your love has seasons, you know, seasons when there's, there's, there's just like, 
constant like passion, you know. And there are seasons where where it's more, it feels more like work. We're working really. We're working in our trust. We're working on this, and you know, it has sometimes like highs and lows. And I'm sure that somebody's gonna be like, "How can you say that you have highs and lows in your relationship with God?" Yeah, it happens because it's progressive. It's tra- transformation is taking place. He is perfect, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And because of that, just by that simple fact. Transformation is always consistently going to take place. You know, it's I learn, I I make mistakes. Oh, I fix it. No, this is not how it needs to be done. Okay, I went two steps ahead and he told me to wait. Oops, I messed it up. Okay, I go back, you know, but I'm but I'm. It's connected to this dependency. I have learned that if I'm not depending on him, I can so easily try to take the center of lordship over my life Mm. and if i do that i'm gonna mess up yeah i'm gonna mess up and if i have control i don't want control yeah i just don't i've been there i've done that i don't want control i want him to lead me yeah i want that even at the cost whatever the cost is i i I prefer that i prefer that Yeah, that's so good. I, I just I want to uh, sort of close a, a thought that I that I started mentioning um, a little while ago and, and then never never got around to, to oh, finishing it up. No, it wasn't your fault. It was just hope that this has been good for everybody. I feel like we've been talking about this. I don't yeah, I hope so. We're, we're, we're coming up. We're, we're going to we're going to we're going to wrap it up. We're going to start to wrap it up. We've been on here for a minute. But um, I, I I love I love your your example. You know, the example that you put you put it out in your book and talked about today i didn't know we no, well neither of us knew what we were going to talk about we just sat down and started talking yes. <laughs> uh, so i didn't know we were going to get into all that stuff but i here's what i wanted to just kind of you know maybe wrap up on this and if you have some final thoughts we can go there but um you know the fact that going through that experience that you had where you said worship became your safe haven yes. worship became your hiding place worship mm-hmm. became really the the difference maker you know yeah. in 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 all of it and even though it was a process that you through worship, you allowed God to to work on your heart, you know, yeah. and even though it was messy and even though um, mistakes were made and even though it, it ended up with, you know, living in depression and just all kinds of different things that happened. Um, what's really cool, you know, we talked about how you basically you got kicked out of school because of your grades and you not because you were a bad student, but because you just decided just you, made you, you didn't care. I made choices, yeah. um, but then you you knew from the time when you were a young girl, like you knew that you were supposed to go to study at Elam Bible, Bible Institute. Yes. And so you ended up you ended up there, which yeah. means that you had to finish high school. Yeah. And so even uh, we don't really have time to get into it, but the even the, the supernatural way that God just kind of pulled those strings and made that yeah. work out where you were able to finish up your course of study, you know, even like as it, it was like independent study, basically, right? Yeah, like you I would go, um, you I were did. finishing subjects and classes, yeah. like nobody's business, like, like finishing weeks, classes every like day, like doing crazy stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And you really didn't even get, uh, I didn't graduate. Like I didn't have a graduation like yeah. everybody else, you know, yeah. I would go, uh, there was this one time where I went, um, uh, I was actually on my way to church because there was a, a conference and I was helping with the conference and I got into the combi, which is a transportation or the bus mm-hmm. in Mexico. And there was and in the same com- in the same combi, there was a girl that was in high school with me 
So she saw me and she's like, Denise, like, hey, how you doing? Like, you know, and I was like, hey, I'm good. And like a part of me was like, oh, crap. Like, I know because I was embarrassed, you know, like because because my classmates, the people that I was in school with, like they didn't know what what was going on with my life. All they could see was like, oh, she went from here to, yeah. to failure, yeah. you know. So and she was like she was on her last year of of the university. Mm hmm. And she was like, you know, like doing whatever for her professional um, internship at a, at a company that was on the way to church, you know. So she was and I saw her and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so like, you know, so successful. Yeah. And she's and I'm like behind. I'm behind. Yeah. You know, and then this feeling of like overwhelming, like, oh, I'm behind. And I remember, you know, after she got off the the bus because she got off the bus a couple you know, stops before I had to get off the bus. I was like, oh, God, I uh -huh. really felt better, terrible about that. And then I remember God saying to me, like, you're on my time. You're on my timeline. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. Don't yeah. stress. Don't sweat it's it. Good. And that that simple, you know, when he said that to me, I was like, oh, okay, I could breathe. <laughs> you know, and that's a lot like growing and walking alongside with God, always aware of his presence and and just that companionship with him. It centers you yeah. when things come at you that you did not expect. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, like it was so how God was orchestrating step by step. You know, I had come to the place where I was like, in all my ways, acknowledge him and he yes. shall direct my path. Yeah. You know, I love Proverbs 3, 5, 6. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your path. I saw time and time after that when I developed that trust, when I came to the understanding of what trusting in the Lord meant, you know, because I I needed yeah. a financial miracle sure. to go to Bible school. Yeah. I needed a financial miracle when I was at Bible school because my parents lost it almost all while I was there. But it's another story. Yeah. You know, I needed a, a miracle to get my visa, to get right. to get my passport. Yeah. And how he just orchestrated thing yeah. after thing, thing yeah. and did it over and over, even when I was still in doubt. Because yeah. trust me, Come I was on. in doubt. I had my my admission papers and um pa uh brother paul johansson who who at that time was the president of uh Elon bible school was actually at a conference at at my church i had been waiting and waiting and waiting to send these papers and he said to me i am not leaving mexico without your papers and that was for me that was favor i was like if god was not in it then yes. what yeah you know, and I was freaking out. I was like, oh, no, I can't give yeah. him my papers, you know. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, look at me. I'm serious. Yeah. I need those papers. I'm, I'm that application is leaving with me when I leave. I'm, you're not you're not giving me excuses. I don't want you to send it after I leave. No, I'm taking them with me. And just how God yeah. did. It just brought me back to that whole like, you know, when I was at that time where I didn't understand my purpose, when I felt like I lost my purpose, how through this whole process, God revealed his purpose. And I understood that all along the way, he had always had my purpose in his heart. Come on. And he was like guiding me like he knows your end from the beginning. And even, you know, Romans, all things work for good for those who love the Lord, whether 
is good or bad because I could have looked at a lot of things that happened in my life and say, oh, you weren't there, which I did. I did. But I didn't have the understanding that even in my failures or even in my shortcomings or even in those areas where I felt like who's in control, he was taking yeah. care of things. Yeah. He was working for good, that which the enemy tried to destroy. You yeah. know, the enemy didn't want me to go to Bible school. The enemy didn't want me to live. That's why I was constantly thinking about suicide. Yeah. That's why I was constantly contemplating, you know, like, like I want to be a goner. Ending it, yeah. Because the and the enemy was pleased with that, you know, like, but God wasn't judging me because I was feeling that way. I think honestly, I feel more judged by people yeah. than than by God Himself. Yeah, well, I just want to say, you know, every answer for life, every answer for life is in the presence of God. Every answer for life, and the presence of God is not. Yes. You bring this out so well in your book. The presence of God is not mystical. It's not spooky. Oh, no. It's not goosebumps. <laughs> you know, you can feel goosebumps. You cannot yeah, sure. feel goosebumps. That's not the point. The, the, the point is that you are a child of God. You are connected with God. You carry his presence with you. So everywhere you go, every moment of your life, you are surrounded by his. You're, you are in his presence. Yeah. You're not always in a, aware of it. You're not always experiencing it. But you are always in his presence. You are Carrier. always close yes. to him. And it doesn't matter. Like even like for anybody out there that might be dealing with any of those things that you were dealing with or anything else, like anybody out there, like you're dealing any with, crisis, you know, you're yeah. thinking about suicide. You have suicidal thoughts. You're living in depression. You're living in anxiety. You're living with some kind of a sickness in your body. You're living in fear. You're living in a financial, you know, stressful Ooh. situation, you know, in impossible situations. You know, I, I think that Sometimes we feel like, I can't go to God with this. I can't yeah. go to God because I'm mad at him. I can't go to God because, uh, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I can't go to, and, and we put these things up that are just not at all God's heart for you. God, no matter how you are, you know, I know it's like a cliche thing that we say, come as you are, but it is so true. Yeah. God's like, just come to me. You know, we, one of my, <laughs> this is like a dumb example, but one of, one of my, my pet peeves is when we say like, you know, I, I, I grew up thinking that you can't take communion because of, like, the verses in, in 1 Corinthians, was it chapter 9 or chapter 8? I always forget which one it is. But, like, the verses that, that say, you know, basically, like, this putting this thing on you, you can't, you, can't take, you can't take communion if there's anything between you and God that's, that's not right. It's like, hold on a second. Like, that's when you need communion, mm -hmm. like, even more. Like, you need God's presence more when you're messed up, when you just yeah. sinned, when you just missed the mark when you just disappointed everybody yeah. when you're in depression when you're feeling like when you, you want to end your despair, life like yeah. when you're in that place you need god and he wants you there with him he's not like you got to clean this up first and then come to me no yeah. that's not the idea of of behind a lifestyle of worship yeah. it's not always pretty it wasn't always pretty for david yeah but david would always get to that place of of talking it out with god or singing yeah. it out with god or whatever it was you know Every answer for life is in his presence. And so I always say, like, when in doubt, worship. When yeah. in doubt, choose worship. One thing that the enemy can never take away from worship. God's people, yeah, it's your ability to choose yeah. to worship him. Yeah. You know, he, he can mess with your circumstances. Oh, he sure. can lie to you. He can do all these things. But he can never take away your, your choice, your ability to choose to worship God. And I just, I really think that, you know, one thing that you say in the book is when our when our understanding of worship is really superficial, then what happens is um, our devotion isn't our devotion to God to God isn't strong enough 
to hold up when we get into conflict, when yeah. we get into crisis, when things start to fall apart. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 like that's so, that's so not the point. The point is be so, develop that devotion to God in spite of those conflicts, in spite of the crisis, in spite of those things that you're in, because no matter what's going on in your mind or in your heart, God still wants you. He still loves you with that perfect love. And it's in that place. It's such a lie of the enemy that says, you can't come in like this. Yeah. You can't come in with all that. Deal with that first. <laughs> Stay outside the gate. Yeah. Stay outside the camp and then come in. That's such a, like, that's not new covenant reality at all. No. It's not. Yeah. We've been brought near by the yeah. blood of Christ. And the blood of yeah. Christ is more we powerful than yeah. your depression. The yeah. blood of Christ is more powerful than your fear or anything else that you would think God would be disappointed in and that would keep you out. It's just yeah. not true. So yeah. always choose worship. Yeah. Always you know, choose worship. Um, there's a there's some one of the Psalms that it's like I always go back to it. It's always in the back of my mind because it's become Rhema to me. It's yeah. life to me. It's uh, when David said, one thing I ask, one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. And that's not that's like a prayer that's you know, like like that's the one thing. That's the one thing that I I could lose anything in this world. But the one thing that I will not lose, it's my it's me dwelling in the house of the Lord. And dwelling in the house of the Lord is worship. Is that secret place? Is that, you know, uh I I refuse to be denied of anything. Yeah. I refuse to be denied of my access to the Father. I have access to the Father. If I lose anything today, and that has changed even like my perspective in the sense that like, you know, we're talking about when I was dealing with this whole issue of like, I want to die and I want to, I, I experienced lost people that when I was in that depression, I experienced lost. And when you experience loss, you also sometimes feel like the li- like your life has been affected to the point that you no longer know how to live it, you know? And I, I remember in that season, like God changing, uh, through through all of this like even got changing my understanding of what what's after death you know to the point that like i that's the one thing i seek i seek to be in the presence of god and that even if i lose my own life i will not lose him like even if i if i was to lose my life i will i will not lose sight of being in the house of the lord forever you know and and the one thing that one thing that thrives in my life like that's what i want my children to be able to see if i if i have a good inheritance to give my children will not be the money will not be anything else but will be the ability for them to worship god for them the ability to understand where is god in their circumstances who is god in their life to enable them and help them to understand that god is everything and that and that their life flows out of who god is so just you know going full circle like i said when you ask me who i am I do a lot of things, but that's not who I am. Who I am is I am a daughter in love with her father. I am someone who knows him and makes him known. That's that's me, you know, and, and, I, and we all have been invited into that. We all have been invited, whether you're a believer today or whether you're listening even this and you, yeah. you're not a Christian, but you yearn to know God. 
he's still like he's drawing everybody and he's he's available he's accessible he's not you know um he 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 does he he doesn't have an agenda i want to say it like that god doesn't have an agenda when when he's after your heart when he's after you yeah. all he wants is to love you yeah and i let me, let me just say since you went there um <laughs> If anybody is listening yeah, to this or watching this, this live at a later time and you you want to have that relationship with God and you and you don't right now, it's um, it's not about a religious thing. It's, it's so simple. Yep. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God yeah. raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yep. So just a really simple prayer. Just, Jesus, yeah. I recognize that you're the son life. of God. Yep. Be the Lord of my life. I give my life to you. Um, just a simple confession out of your mouth yeah. and that belief in your heart that that he is the son of God and that he rose from the dead, that he died for your sins, and that he rose from the dead. It's it's so simple. And it's God just wants relationship. He just wants yeah. relationship with Come you. He just wants relationship him. with us. And yeah. so, um, well, Pastor Denise Come Lamastra, thank you again him. so much for being here. <laughs> You're my favorite person on the oh. planet to talk to. Aww. So uh, this is the first of many, I'm sure. Um, we gotta get invited as, again. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if you play your cards right. <laughs> I play my you know. cards right. Um, but again, the book is The Intimacy of Worship by Denise Lamastra. <laughs> you can find it on Amazon. Highly recommend this book. It's just such a such a practical book that will lead you through just developing a deeper lifestyle of intimacy with God, a lifestyle of worship, uh, adoration, devotion, and affection for God. Um, really, really simply written, and I think that that's really your sh um, one of your main strengths, Denise, is your ability to take things that are complicated, or that we, not that they're necessarily complicated in nature, but that we've overcomplicated, and to take them and boil them down into just truth that's practical to live by. Yeah. Um, not just up in the clouds, but that we yeah. can actually live by it. So I think you've done that so well with this book. Thank Intimacy you. of Worship, check it out on Amazon. <laughs> Thanks so much again. Denise, Thank for uh, for being here. Thanks for your time. Oh, you're welcome. You ready to go get some Thank lunch? You. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to take you to lunch since Yay. you uh, since you gave up your bro. morning for me. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. And, yeah, I hope to um, get the book, not for me, but just for you. Real quick, just, how can people find you, connect with you if they um, have questions you or can anything like that? find me on Facebook. Um, I do have a fan page. I don't like to call it a fan. I have a page. Uh, just look for me as uh, uh, Denise Amastra, and you can connect with me through Twitter. I don't know if people Twitter over here these days. I know in Mexico, Twitter is a big deal, but um, <laughs> it's at DC Lamastra. You can find me that way. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me also through Duke. Just um, just fade me out. <laughs> I just faded you <laughs> out. Sorry about that. <laughs> there was nothing to fade into, but okay. Um, just just uh, – Look for me there. I love to connect with you if you have any questions about the book. Um, if you have any questions about anything that we said or do you have any, you know, <coughs> whoa, excuse me, any uh, comments or anything, I'd love to connect with you. Yep. Awesome. Oh, and just, oh, before I forget. Yes, yeah, so, uh, I'm sorry, I just remember. It, it had blanked out, but. So, I'm going to be giving a five-week um, class. Oh, yeah, good Coming call. up um, is, it's, um, yeah, five free online class on Tuesdays. It's going to be A15. In um, Spanish. In Spa English is oh, at yeah, 7. At 7 o'clock, it's going to be in English. And in Spanish at A15, 
The name of the of the class is Endurance, Conquering the Adversity. Uh, I'm really excited about it. We're going to be um, just talking a little bit more about, like, how do I develop a mindset of victory when I'm facing adversity? Yeah, and good. how do I practically live that out? Yeah. You know, like, beyond the Christian-y, beyond whatever, like, how do I actually do it? And um, I'm really excited about it, and I just want to invite anybody who might be interested in joining the class. Um, you can find the link on our on the church page page i'll, I'll, yeah, I'll share so it on my facebook page and then yeah, i'll make sure go. that duke shares that in his page as well so that you can see it there you can register uh and join me in this discussion um as we we grow closer to the father yeah it'll be all <laughs> over the place it'll be if you want to find it right now you can go to fi- uh what Is do you call it uh yeah i church dot org yes. is excuse me at ilegacychurch.org on, on facebook, facebook or, or you can just search for legacy church international, international and uh, you'll find it listed on our facebook page the yeah. church facebook page but yeah it'll also be shared on mine and denise's page mm-hmm. and uh, there's a link that you can click to register limited capacity so jump on that but uh there's still a bunch of space available yeah. at, at this time so we just started advertising it yesterday but anyway Ooh. Yeah. So thank you again, everybody. If you're listening to this later on or whatever, appreciate you being here. Appreciate anybody that was here with us live. And if you have any more questions or anything like that, you can just hit us up on social media. Um, If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or somewhere like that, if you haven't subscribed already, if this added value to your day, you'd consider subscribing. That would really mean the world to me. It really helped me out a lot. If you could leave a review on Apple, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool. Really appreciate it. Be back on Thursday. Let me think. Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. Oh, yeah. All those times that Pastor Denise mentioned a minute ago about the class being at 7 p.m., all those are in Central Time. We're uh, we're in Central Time here. So anyway, yeah, be back with uh, the next episode of Real Live Talk on Thursday at 1 p.m. It's going to be awesome. Hope to see you there. Thanks again, Denise. Bye.